0: I was never anything special. I was always a kid that wanted to do well. I was always a kid that tried to steer out of trouble. I was always a kid that treated people right.
1: That's Inky Johnson, and this is The Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Monday. Thank you so much for joining me as we start off our week with Mr. Inky Johnson returning to the show to discuss the importance of coaching. And as I first listened to this clip, it reminded me of all the coaches and the people that have helped me along my journey and how they in some way paved the way for me to be who I am today. But after listening to it for a second and a third and a fourth time, I started to think about it from a more broader sense, from more of an abstract way. And what I started to realize was that coaching isn't just one person with a, a, with a whistle. You know, it isn't one person that you pay to help you achieve a goal. But in actuality, a coach is everyone. It's every single person that we encounter each and every day. So that could be your spouse, your significant other, your child, your neighbor, or even a stranger. Whether good, bad, or indifferent, I believe that they are all here to teach us something. And they are essentially our guides, our guides to show us the things that we need to work on or even perhaps what we need to get rid of because those things no longer serve us. So take some time today to think about all the people that you encounter on a day-to-day and ask yourself, how am I being coached by this person right now? What is this person Teaching me, and what is it that I can extract from this to help me better myself while on this journey we call life? So, just some food for thought. Here's Inky. Enjoy.
0: I was on a corner in my neighborhood one night with my uncles, and two of them are doing 40 years and 20 years in prison, federal penitentiary. And I was just standing there. Like I wasn't doing no drugs, no drinking, none of that. I was a ball player. And a red Dodge Ram pickup truck pulled up. Window rolls down. My uncle taps my leg and says, Inc, who is that? I said, man, it looks like my eighth grade math teaching basketball coach. I said, what does he want? I said, what's up, Oak? How you doing, sir? He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm hanging out. He said, no, you didn't hear me. What are you doing out here? I said, I'm hanging out. He said, get in the truck. Take you home. Got in his truck, rode down the block. I got out. He said to me, son, you're special. I said, all right, man, whatever. He said, son, I see something in you. I'm like, man, you see this house? I'm like, I hear you talking. I said, but you see this house? I said, it's a two-bedroom home. It's 14 of us living there. I said, most mornings when I come to your class, that corner you just picked me up from, my uncle wear a 3X t-shirt. Most mornings when I step in your class, I got on a 3X t-shirt. I'm 135 pounds that he stood on the corner sold drugs and all night. So I hear you. I said, most mornings when we go into the lunchroom, me and my three younger cousins, and when you come into the lunchroom, you see us on the wall and you see the cafeteria administrator say, Johnson boys, Inky, you're the oldest. Why do you let them do this? And I'll be quiet. And then the one morning you came into the cafeteria and administrator had us on the wall. And he said, Johnson boys, Inky, you're the oldest. Why do you let them jump the line every morning? And I said to him, because we didn't eat last night. He said, I didn't know. I said, you didn't ask. I said, so I hear you. I hear you talking, but you haven't showed me nothing yet. Like you hear people talking all the time about what they do, why they do it, but they haven't showed anything yet. I say, you got to show me. I come from an environment where people can talk or they'll talk until they're blue in the face. But you got to show me something. Like I'm sacrificing. Show me your sacrifice. He said, oh, you don't believe me. I'll be here in the morning to pick you up. I said, you bluffing. Next morning, I'm sleeping on the floor. My mother comes to me and says, Inky. I say, yes, ma'am. She said, get up. Your eighth grade math teaching basketball coach at the door. I said, oh, he was serious. <laughs> I walked to the door. He said, go get dressed. I said, yes, sir, give me a minute. I came out, and got in his truck. He said, here's the deal. Here's how we're going to beat Kirkwood. Since the dropout rate, high than the graduation rate, people in your house are going to prison, here's how we're going to beat it. I'm going to pick you up every morning before school until you graduate high school. I'm in the eighth grade. Until you graduate high school, I'm going to play you in a game of one-on-one basketball, and I'm going to make you recite a proverb every morning until you graduate. I say, yeah, that's cute. We might do it for two weeks. We start doing it. The principal comes into the gymnasium, Mike, and the principal says to him, DeMarco Mitchell turned around and said, yes, sir. He said, I heard you've been given inquirious proverbs. He said, yes, sir, I have. He said, stop it. I have to fire you. He said, well, you're just going to have to fire me then because his life is worth it. Principal walked out. He did it until I graduated high school. And in that moment, I thought to myself, man, if he cares that much about me, a scrawny kid from the east side of Atlanta, like if he's willing to put the way he provides for his family on the line for me, he doesn't even know me. I said, I got to give him everything I got. First guy that made me and my little teammates tell each other we loved each other and we thought something was wrong with him. He said he loved us. And we're like, man, what's up with coach? And he said, no, I don't only love you. I want you all to tell each other that you love each other. I'm 32 years old. Like when R.A. was talking, I felt it. When he said, man, the coach told me he loved me. I never had that before. I'm 32 years old. My father has never told me, son, I love you. Never. I got a son. I'm able to tell my son, son, I love you with no problem. When I played sports, my teammates, I was able to go up to them, slap them on the leg, tell them, hey, man, I love you. I'm going to give you everything I got. Because there was no problem. I had been dismantled. My ego, like that, e- that masculinity thing, like I had been like, dismantled it and annihilated it because I had a man that showed me how to deal with it. And so now when I was called to lead something or be a part of something that was a lot greater than me, I had no problem with submission. I had no problem with buying into something that was a lot greater than me. And if I didn't get the credit, it was all good. And so when I got to high school, I'm like, man, it's on. So fun. And my first day there, I go through a metal detector and two cops, and there was TSA before it. TSA. And I'm in an environment where they're telling me I'm not going to make it. And I got to be honest with you. At first, I didn't believe it. I'm the type of guy, I meet resistance, I meet rejection, I hear no, I double down, I go harder. Like it does something to me. It's almost like you motivate me when I hit rejection or adversity. Like when I hit opposition or I lose, like it does something to me. Like when we lose a basketball game, I'll stay in the gym and do left-hand layups, right-hand, like it did something to me. And so when I met the resistance, I'm like, cool, it's all good. The cop shakes my hand and says to me, what's your plan? I say, my plan is to go D1. I'm going to college. He says to me, you'll probably go to cell block D1. And he goes to walk off. I've never seen him a day in my life. I'm like, this guy got to be making a mistake. I walk with him. I tap his arm. He turned around. I said, sir, excuse me. I've never seen you day in my life. I said, I don't think you've ever seen me. He said, no, I know about you. I said, really? He said, yep, I know your family. Yep, you'll probably end up in cell block D1. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. He went to walk off. I said, he definitely got the right one. Walked with him, tapped his arm. I said, sir, I'm telling you. He said, we'll see. I said, we will. In my junior year of high school, I was about done with football. I was at Krim. We was, we was going 1-9, getting smashed. Teams would just triple-team me. Their coach would be talking trash to me. They would be smashing me. Because we had guys that couldn't see further than I-20, which is the main highway in Atlanta. We had coaches try to take us to tournaments in Missouri. Half of the team wouldn't even show up. And so I'm out there playing with passion and heart, and they would just scheme me, and they would be smashing me. And so toward the end of my junior year, I'm like, man, bump football. I'm going to just play AAU basketball. I was a little point guard thinking I'm doing my thing, playing for the Atlanta Celtics, playing with Dwight Howard and Josh Smith. I'm like, I'm going to go to the NBA. And we got a new coach by the name of Darren Miles. He was Jamal Lewis's high school coach. Nobody would even take the job to coach. Our coach left. Nobody would take the job. And you had a coach that was at a successful program that accepted the job, came into the school, and the first thing he did was call his kid named Inky Johnson. And I'm at home, leaving out the door, about to go to AAU basketball practice, and I got my bag, and I see my auntie answer the phone. She said, Inky, it's this coach on the phone. He want to talk to you. I said, is a basketball coach? She said, no, he's a new football coach at Krim. I'm like, all right, I'll give him a couple minutes. I get on the phone with him. He said, what you up to, man? I said, nothing heading to basketball practice. He said, oh, you had the basketball practice, I said, yeah, man. He said, you don't want to play football no more? I said, no, I'm done with football. I said, I'm going to the NBA be a point guard. He said, oh, I want you to go look on NBA rosters and see how many 5'9 point guards you see. (laughs) I'm like, this is my type of guy. (laughs) Then he said, I want you to look on NFL rosters and tell me how many cornerbacks you see as 5'9. And you called me back. I said, okay, I'll do it. I went and looked. I don't think I saw one 5'9 point guard. I called him back. He said, come work out for me. I went and worked out, ran a 40 jelly d- drills. We're walking off the field. He says to me, son, what college do you want to go to? I said, man, I just want to go D1. He said, no, you didn't hear me. What college do you want to go to? I said, man, I just want to go D1. He said, no, you didn't hear me. He said, what college did you want to go to? I just want to go to college. He said, you didn't hear me. He said, what I'm trying to tell you is I'm willing to fight for you. Do you want it? He said, I know you're a warrior, but you got a warrior beside you. I'm willing to go just as far as you're willing to go. Do you want it? He said, do you want to stay in that two-bedroom home with 14 people? I just need to know are you willing to fight for what you said you wanted? I said, I'm on board. Let's go. He said, if we go one and nine, I just need to know you're going to show up and give me everything you got. And if you show up and give me everything you got, I'm going to show up and I'm going to give you everything I got. So when I got my scholarship to Tennessee, the first person I went to was my high school coach. I grabbed him, I hugged him, I kissed him, and told him I loved him. Coaches at every phase of my life, I was never anything special. I was always a kid that wanted to do well. I was always a kid that tried to steer out of trouble. I was always a kid that treated people right. But at every phase of my life, I had amazing people that came in and saw something in me when I couldn't see it in myself. And I knew they cared beyond anything else. And so when I got to UT, let me be honest with you. UT is Mayberry for me.
1: Big thanks to Inky Johnson for stopping by. His website is InkyJohnson.com. His Instagram is InkyJohnsonMotivates. And his new podcast is entitled Serendipity with Inky. So you can go check that out. And I have all the links to connect with Inky as well as a link to the entire talk. They will all be in the show description. And also, we added a previous episode section in our show description. So you can go check that out as well. We thought it'd be cool because if you happen to like the future speaker, now you can look at the previous episode that they've been on and go listen to more of them without having to scroll forever to find them. So you can go check that out. And that is a wrap for me. I appreciate you. I hope you have an amazing day. And I'll see you back here Wednesday. So until then, stay strong. Later.